Hello and happy Mindset Monday, guys and dolls. It is your girl, Shia Thousand here, your resident stress and self-care consultant for another episode of the Wellfit Lab podcast, where I am sharing ways to prioritize self-care to prevent stress and to live life intentionally, where we are always giving you actionable steps to just elevate your self-care game on a daily basis. I am so excited about today's conversation. It is with someone that I've admired from afar for some time now, and her name is J.L. Alexander. And she is the owner and CEO of the Vaughn Strategy and Black Girls Run. So I'm sure if you are a Black woman and you run, you have heard of Black Girls Run. Over the last decade, she has established herself as a communications professional with a true commitment to community engagement through her passions for health and fitness. She is also the founder and executive director of the BGR Foundation. JL Alexander is motivated by her passion for sparking a change in the minds and bodies of others. Black Girls Run has helped shift the consciousness of culture for over 250,000 African-American women, encouraging them to adopt a healthy, active lifestyle through running, movement, and community. It has also transformed the running community and aided in the diversification and increased participation in the sport of endurance distance running. JL is a native of Norfolk, Virginia, and Miss Alexander received her communications degree from George Mason University and her master's degree in strategic public relations for Virginia Commonwealth University. I am so happy and excited to have her on the show today. She is a wealth of knowledge and I just love her perspective on a couple of different things. As you know, I always speak about self-care is not selfish, but preventative care. And today she shares why it is okay to be selfish with your self-care. And I thought it was really good, especially to hear her perspective as a mom and business owner and how she balances her faith, her entrepreneurship journey, her wellness journey, and the many hats she wears as mom and wife. So join me in the lab, grab your pen and paper and a cup of tea and catch these gems that Miss Alexander is dropping today. See you in there. All right. Awesome. So who is JL Alexander? If you had to describe yourself in five words, who are you? Oh, wow. Five words. I would definitely say um, I'm a child of God. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a friend and I'm a role model. Yes, you are. I love that you started with you're a child of God. I'm not sure. Have you ever seen the movie Overcomer? I have not. I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It's a really good movie. Priscilla Shire's in it. And in the movie, um, the gentleman asked another gentleman, like, who you are? And he's like, well, I'm a coach. I'm this, all these things. But he doesn't say he's a man of faith until way down the line. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, if you're a man of faith, why was that like the second thing? He's like, well, I didn't know that's what you meant. And he's like, well, I asked you who you were. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I love that you said that first, because I think sometimes we kind of add that at the end when that's that's our our, our um a lot of the times it's our grounding it's our anchor Absolutely. so um I appreciate you adding that in first and saying that's who you are yeah um speaking of anchors and you saying that what grounds you like all the work that you do and navigating your busy lifestyle what grounds you 
Um, probably the one thing that, you know, two things ground me. One, um, my son definitely grounds me. Um, motherhood is a humbling process, is a humbling journey. Um, and he grounds me um, because, you know, everything has to, it has to be 100% on him. Um, and I have to cut out all the noise, if you will, when he's home, when, you know, we're eating dinner, when we're out in the car, like, it's all, it's all attention on him. So he grounds me and he gives me a larger purpose. Um, but then the second thing that grounds me um, is just understanding, um, understanding my why and understanding my purpose of why I'm doing the work that I do. Um, so when I have those days where I'm just like, oh, just forget it. Or like, all right, this is, today is just not it. Um, I have to go back to my why and my purpose and saying that, you know, Jail, this, this journey is your own. Like you were put on this path, did not know you were going to be on this path. Um, so don't take it, you know, don't take advantage of it and use it how it's supposed to be used. So I would say, you know, from a flesh, you know, type of uh, grounding, <laughs> my son, um, but then in terms of like a higher a calling or um, you know, definitely in terms of kind of mental motivation um, is definitely, you know, always going back to my why of why I do the work that I do. Awesome. So when you say your why, is your why rooted in your values? I think a lot of what I speak to is around value alignment. And the very first season I started with Paul Brunson and speaking about value alignment in our relationships and specifically um, when it comes to like dating and marriage as well. And when you think about your why, is your why rooted in your values? Uh, I mean, absolutely. I think they all work together, you know, in terms of my values of being healthy, my value of community and family, um, my value of, um, you know, kind of breaking outside the norms and, um, you know, kind of raising the ceiling, if you will, in terms of what Black women can do within uh, these different industries. So I definitely, you know, for, for a personal and professional standpoint, um, I definitely think um, my grounding definitely goes right back to what I value on a daily basis. Awesome. And how has your why helped you um, drive your business? Black Girl Runs is like everywhere. <laughs> and it's just, it's amazing to see because we don't see ourselves in that light regularly and highlighted and um, celebrated for our wellness. So how has your why helped you drive your business and just operating in a, a level of excellence? and elevation at all the time. Um, yeah, so I, th I think, you know, my grounding, like I said, it, it, drives, it drives why I do what I do and what I do. And so, you know, Black Girls Run is a community. It's a movement. It's not just me. And I have to understand that, you know, as much as I'm, you know, leading the pack, that I also have, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of women behind me, or even just beside me, um, that are either looking at me as a role model, or they're also out in the community, um, you know, wearing the shirt or representing the brand. Um, and so, 
if I, you know, kind of lead with that community and sisterhood and accountability and health and fitness, then that kind of permeates through the entire brand and people really want to get behind it and support it. Um, and so that's, you know, I have to understand that it's larger than me. This purpose is larger than me. And so as I continue to understand that, that definitely helps to drive my work because I can encourage others and I can recruit women. And, you know, it's easier to preach that message and share that testimony and share the story um, when you really stand behind it so other people can believe in that mission too and can really help carry the torch. I love that. And I think you have like an army carrying the torch right now <laughs> and recruiting so many other women because we're like, oh, you look like me. Oh, and you run. Oh, wow. Okay. And you don't have to be running all the time. So I love that there's different challenges, right? Like your walk to run and the groups talk about that. And I think that that sometimes is the thing that is intimidating when you're not a runner and you see people running and you're like, oh, I'd want to do that, but I don't run that fast. And that's the thing that you kind of got to balance for yourself, but the group is so welcoming. How did you, how were you able to cultivate that culture um, within your organization to be so welcoming for all levels of wellness and diversity? Uh, well, you know, uh, Black Girls Run, I came on board after the, after the, the ball got rolling with Black Girls Run. Um, I came on board about a decade ago um, and really and really drank the juice like we saw like we used to say or like we still say um and really understood like there's not a lot of black women represented in this space and that we are twofold creating a safe space for women um, to come together and be healthy but then we're also breaking down the or trying to reduce those numbers of what the CDC continues to tout in terms of four out of five black women um, are considered overweight or obese so we need we want to change that story as well um, and so I think that that those kind of two things really help to drive what's going on behind the scenes with Black Girls Run. We see, you know, amazing pictures. We see thousands of women running on the pavement at races or getting together, celebrating each other. Um, but we always, it's always going back to why do we do what we do and what story are we trying to tell? Um, and I think that's what really drives the work um, in terms of what Black Girls Run is all about. I love that. And you definitely feel it whenever you meet a member or go to an event, the energy is so high. It's so supportive. And you can tell that there's a larger mission that everyone's committed to. And I can't say that there's a lot of um, organizations that have that because usually each chapter is a little bit different. Right. And I think there's such a, a thread of consistency that goes across through Black Girls Run through no matter what state no matter what city and I think that's that's definitely something to be um celebrated and I think to your point even um your leadership and as a role model that's something that comes down right because I think a big part of consistency in a culture in any organization is it comes from the top it's not just local um localized absolutely Awesome. So what does holistic wellness mean to you when you think about um, how this has been such a movement um, uh, with Black Girls Run and even your own personal journey and wellness? What does that look like holistically for you? 
I mean, I mean, it's very, it's really very simple. Um, you know, even though it may be hard to kind of practice it in, you know, as a whole system, but holistic wellness is just that the essence of being whole. And so you just can't look at the physical fitness, you also have to look at, you know, nutrition, and you can't just look at nutrition and physical fitness, you also have to look at mental health, and self care, and, you know, finding balance with or finding harmony, I should say, within your life. Um, so it's so many different parts working together to make sure that you're functioning as much as you can at 100%, knowing that everyone has, you know, those down days or those just days where you're just not at your optimum level. Um, but it's everything that makes you who you are um, to make sure that you're just functioning um, as 100% as possible. And so I that's what I consider holistic health is taking all of the parts that we are made up of and making sure that we're pouring into each one of those to make sure that we, we feel good. Absolutely. And I love that. And I think I would even add to that um, saying what you just said of making sure that you're operating in as much as you can. So having that, also that grace period for yourself and oh, extending that grace for yourself for the days where you don't feel a hundred percent, but if that's your best and that is your a hundred on that day, mm -hmm. knowing that it's okay and that grace is there to circumvent and also hold you up in that process. Right, absolutely. Yeah, grace is huge. <laughs> Without that, we could do nothing. Cause like you said, them hundred percent days, they ain't every day. No, not at all. That's not even realistic. At all, because you'll burn out much quicker than anything else if you're operating at 100% all, exactly. all the time. Exactly. Awesome. So how has your faith helped your business and your entrepreneurship journey, but also your wellness journey? Um, you know, my my faith, um, you know, it, to be honest with you, it has, you know, ebbed and flowed over the years. Um, as I've gotten older, as I've stepped into, you know, marriage, as I've stepped into motherhood, my faith increases because, you know, life happens and you're like, what the world is going on? And then before you know it, you know, that that you know trauma or that situation for the day has gone away and you're like dang I made it through and so I you know I always have to be like um you know there's a there's a larger there's a larger being that is looking over us um and is you know walking me through and literally even through my professional process of becoming an entrepreneur like I honestly feel like my steps have been you know, my steps have been planned out before I've gotten here because I'm like, looking back four years now, I'm like, yeah, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for four years. Don't know how we got here. Um, time has flown past, <laughs> but you know, God has really, he has cleared the way. Um, not to say that it has been easy, but it has, it could have been a lot more difficult um, than what has happened over the last four years. Um, and then even through motherhood and marriage and just life period, um, things happen. And I think we have to have some type of foundation in terms of our faith, no matter who you believe in or what you believe in, you have to believe in something, um, something that helps to pull you through, um, something that you can touch back on, whether it's a scripture, 
whether it's a word, whether it's just prayer and meditation, um, you have to pull on something because our own physical strength won't get us through. Um, we'll break down real quick. <laughs> so mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that's what I think that's what has really helped me over the last four years is just making knowing that I. Um, yeah, that me and God are on, you know, one accord and that he's doing what he does um, to make sure that, um, to make sure that we're taken care of. I appreciate that, um, your level of transparency there, because I think sometimes um, when it comes to our faith, I think there's a misconception that you're always high, right? Like, because you have a faith in God, you're like, oh, I'm always up, I'm always up. And that's not always the case. And there are times where You may get to a point where you're either questioning or your faith may not be as strong in certain seasons, but those ebbs and flows, I think they are such a big reality that we don't talk enough about as um, people in the faith community. Um, So it does seem a little off-putting to others. And then when you don't have a good day, because you've seemed so high all the time, people don't understand it. And they think, well, like, where's your faith now? And it's like, this doesn't mean that my faith isn't there. This is just one of the different seasons that I'm going through in my faith journey. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, my like I, the first thing I stated was my faith has ebbed and flow. I do. I don't think, um, I don't think God would want us to not question. Like, you know, he. I don't think he prefers for us to question. But I think that having that fluid conversation with God is what mm-hmm. he wants. Like, yeah, I've questioned God on some things that have happened in my life. Like, you know why this struggle life mm-hmm. is not supposed to be this hard <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know and so you you have those questionable moments but then you're like hold on is this you know look at all we're quick to forget the last miracle that he's mm-hmm. done we're quick to forget uh the blessings that we have because we get not like again our physical strength just gets knocked down so easily that we just forget like girl he just pulled you through you know that storm just mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. um and so i think that that is a constant what we have to constantly remind ourselves is like he didn't say that life was going to be easy mm-hmm. but he did say you know if you keep me beside you i'm going to get get you through and so i think that's what kind of helps to hold me up even when you know I have those days where I'm just not me and God are like (laughs) we need to have a conversation (laughs) absolutely and that's what the relationship is right so I always say it's more relationship than it is religion I'm not it's not necessarily like oh you have to be going by these laws and these rules but he wants a relationship with you yes there is a standard and code of conduct that he wants us to live by but he wants a relationship so that fluid conversation is really important to him and one of my favorite scriptures um, is John 16 33 where it says I have told you these things so that you in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart for I've overcome the world so he never said it wouldn't happen. He just said, you have peace in him. So to your point of walking with him, he's going, you're going to carry through it. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I do appreciate that. How do you think when you speak, when you think about um, taking care of yourself mentally and physically, how has that helped you be a better businesswoman? How has your self-care helped you in business and just helped you holistically just be a better woman across the board? I mean, it's done just exactly that. Um, I absolutely make it a priority that when I feel like I'm just not focused 
or like I'm just drained and just kind of going through the motions, like I need some time to kind of turn it off. Um, whether it's, you know, hey, telling my husband like tonight, take care of bath night, get the baby to bed. Like I just need a couple of hours just to be in my own thoughts. Um, just that time away from our regular routine can help just recess um, or, you know, kind of getting out of the house or going outside for a walk or making sure that I get my run in. Um, those are ways that I make sure that I'm pouring back into myself so I can continue to show up as a mother, as a wife, as a business owner, um, as a leader. Um, and without those, you know, making sure that I'm making myself a priority, um, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I definitely, definitely advocate for being selfish at times. That's, is that, that's exactly what it is. It's okay to do that. Um, because, you know, as they say, I think it's probably gotten <laughs> dug into the dirt at this point. You can't pour from an empty cup. And so mm -hmm. you're going to get pulled 50 million ways. Um, and until you kind of just pause and say, hey, I just need some time for myself because my cup is almost empty <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to be you have to be very forthcoming and have to be honest with yourself um and others around you that you just need you need that self-care absolutely I always like to say that self-care is not selfish but not it is preventative not. care for your mental health and well-being <laughs> like we get I'm such okay. a bad rap yeah, I'm okay with saying that it's selfish because you you have to put yourself as a priority. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm okay with saying that it's selfish um, because I show up in so many other different spaces mm. that it's okay to save space for me and say, this space is just for JL. And this is, you know, as small as it is, this is when I can say that I'm being selfish to myself. But you're, you're right, it is preventative, um, but I'm okay. Okay, with saying that it's selfish. <laughs> I appreciate that. I like that. I like that. This is the space I'm holding for myself. And I have a book called Holding Space for Self. And it speaks oh, about self-care and 25 ways to self-care, but how in doing it, you show up um, for yourself, you show up in your boundaries, you show up in your self-compassion, but it's how you show up for yourself. So holding space for self. So I do appreciate how you speak to it. I love that. Yeah. I think it's really important to um, practice and regularly advocate for yourself across all areas of our life. Absolutely. So, uh, Leslie, and speaking about your self-care, do you have a morning or evening routine that is like your must? And if you don't do your routine, you feel kind of out of whack for the day? No, you know, I'm in the stage of motherhood right now where unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately, but fortunately and unfortunately, um, children run my life right now. <laughs> so morning routine, I am in um, full mommy mode. Evening routine, I'm in full mommy mode. So during the day um, is my time. So once I get my you know, breakfast ready, lunch ready in the morning, um, drop my son off to school around 9.30. That's when I can say, all right, it's time to get a workout in. Um, it's time to answer emails. And then I shut it down like around five um, mm. once I get home um, and make sure that I'm not, um, you know, teetering the fence between still trying to get work done that I get, I use my time wisely during the day. That way I can say, like I said, a hundred percent show up for my son and my husband um in those particular windows of time um but yeah during the day those are that's my me time if you will to make sure that I do get a workout in 
or that I'm focusing on work or what have you. So I don't have those nighttime routines um, that I used to have where I can indulge, <laughs> indulge in TV or, you know, anything like that. Once my son goes down to sleep, um, usually I'm not too far behind him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's my routine is making sure that I'm getting in bed <laughs> at a decent time so I can get all the sleep I can. <laughs> wow, yeah. So how are you navigating this new season? You're about to be your mom for the second time. Right. What does that look like? Are you nesting? What does that look like now as you prepare for your new baby? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's different this time because now we're, you know, my son was born six months before the pandemic. So mm. um, this pregnancy is a lot different because we're, we're still kind of in the house. Um, mm -hmm. and we're not moving just as much as we would like to before, just because um, I'm terrified to get COVID while pregnant um, and terrified for my son to get COVID as a small child. And so, um, we're not moving as much, but this pregnancy does look a lot different. Um, we're not as anxious. We kind of know what to expect, how to prepare. Um, I haven't really hit the nesting stage. I don't think so. Uh, again, with a small child, you're always cleaning. <laughs> um, but we're a lot more prepared. Like the nursery is done. Um, and we're, you know, wow. two months, two months out, um, my, you know, my son's room has been moved over to a big boy's room. Mm. Um, we, we've gotten a lot. We know what to expect this go round. Um, and we're trying to just more so just kind of mentally prepare for this transition of expanding our family than anything else. Um, and then also, also I'm at a much different weight class. <laughs> so <laughs> this pregnancy also hits a lot different because um, literally I just hit my pre-pregnancy weight um, from my son uh, with this pregnancy. So uh, it just, you know, being a lot healthier this go mm. and at a different weight um, that has definitely made this pregnancy. I had an easy pregnancy with my son, but um, has made this pregnancy easy also. That's really good. Thank you for speaking to that. Because I think sometimes, um, especially mamas, mamas feel like they have to have it all figured out at no matter how many children and they feel like they're still stressing. So I, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing, um, just kind of being a little bit more prepared and even recognizing the difference in your body um, with the weight difference. So thank you for speaking to that. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll you never be 100% prepared. As folks say, like, I thought I could always say, oh, yeah, we'll wait a few years. Like, you know, I just want the perfect situation when we have kids, you know, whether it's financially, professionally, what have you. There's absolutely nothing that you can do in this world to prepare to have a child. Um, mm -hmm. You can have, you know, you can have the money in the bank. You can be good in your career. But in terms of the impact that it has on you just as a woman, uh, professionally and personally, mentally, every level, um, there's nothing that you can do to prepare. So now that I know what has what has happened and transpired over the last two years, I can be in a little bit of a better place, even though I know I've heard that the jump from one to two kids um, is definitely a big jump. Um, but at least I know somewhat of what to expect. Um, and, you know, you can just prepare as much as possible. Absolutely. Only you can control what you can control. Right. Absolutely. So, in this season, what inspires you or who inspires you at this season of your life? 
Oh, wow. Um, I always go back to my son, man. He's just so <laughs> amazing. Um, just, yeah, my, my son really does inspire me. He's just absolutely... That, that innocence of a child to witness on an everyday basis is just like, oh, this is like, this is who God is. Mm. <laughs> like they just have no care in the world um, and just kind of the, what makes them happy and what makes his personality and how he just grows on an everyday basis. It's like, oh, like why, why, why complain about anything? Um, <laughs> but my mom always inspired me. She's a, um, how, what would you call it? Like a sassy senior. Um, <laughs> she is in thoroughly enjoying retirement. Um, she's one of, you know, my hardest critics in terms of anything that I do in my career, personally, professionally, what have you. But she's also one of my biggest supporters as well. So she's one of those people that definitely is honest with me, um, but she will definitely cheer me on um, to make sure to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And um, so she she continues to inspire me. And I definitely, you know, when I get into my, when I get into my 70s, I want to be as healthy and active as she is. So probably between, you know, my son and my mom, those are probably my two biggest inspirations. That's beautiful, especially because they're at such different ends of the spectrum. Exactly. And you're right in the middle. That's so beautiful. I love it. It's the beginning and then the growing and just evolving. And I love that you call her a sassy senior. I need to give yeah. my mom that title because my mom told me that title. She she hates me putting her age out there. So she knows she definitely accepts me in a senior, but she does not publicly like me seeing her age, which always baffles me, but I'll just keep her as sassy <laughs> senior for right now. <laughs> I love it. So what are you looking forward to most outside of the birth of your baby um, for 2022? What big things do you have going on? Do you have any big goals? What should we be looking out to, uh, for from you I mean, this year? You know, like, like the rest of the world, you know, I'm looking for a COVID-free hot girl summer. <laughs> Not a COVID-free <laughs> hot girl summer, okay. I'm so, I'm so ready to be outside and enjoy family and friends comfortably again. I mean, to, I mean, to be completely honest with you, this, like, that, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed last summer where COVID was kind of went, didn't go away, but it just wasn't top of mind. Um, or it was like, hey, you know, you know, instead of hugging, maybe we'll just, you know, do a fist bump, but you just mm -hmm. didn't feel terrified all the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to warmer weather, but um, with that said, we do have the BGR conference, knock on wood, coming, mm. back, coming back early fall. We have not been together um, since 2019, right before the pandemic hit. So I'm looking forward to bringing it back um, this year. September will be in Charlotte. So, you know, mm -hmm. again, COVID, COVID staying where it needs to stay um, and mm -hmm. allow us to be a little bit more just flexible to get more, to get more out in the community. So that's probably later on this year. That's probably the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to BGR kind of reconvening um, in a space that we haven't been in a while. Awesome. So where is somewhere that people can find you, connect with you? If they are not familiar with Black Girls Run, where could they get more information? How could they connect with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, personally, you can connect with me on all social media channels um, and my website, jlalexander.com. And then if you're looking for uh, a dynamic running group um, mm-hmm. to join, I like to call us the dopest running crew on the pavement. Um, yes. You can head to blackgirlsrun.com um, and we have 75 groups across the country, um, hundreds of thousands of members. So uh, you can find out you know, where we'll be in terms of running races or events, or even joining us as you know, virtual challenges, um, you know, whether you live in Chicago or LA or you know, Jacksonville. Uh, we definitely have a group in almost every major city of the country and we'll love for you to join us on the pavement. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I totally enjoyed this conversation and just learning more about you. And hopefully y'all listening got some great insight in regards to just your wellness, your faith and your entrepreneurship and navigating and prioritizing. And until next time, this is the Wealthit Lab podcast. Thanks for tuning in.